0: You start to question your value, you start to question your self-worth. Like the more money you got, the more successful you are, and most people really do buy into that.
1: But really, I just needed a break.
0: What I love is helping people.
1: I'm Julie Bauke, and welcome to the Evolved Career, a podcast where we help you determine what truly does matter most to you and how it can have a profound impact on your life. Today we welcome Katherine Nero. Pulling from her LinkedIn profile, she says, news personality, host, and storyteller. But when you ask her, she just says, I'm a storyteller. Welcome, Catherine. Thank you. Well, the reason that I invited you to be on this is I woke up and opened up my Cincinnati Mm Inquirer on July 30th, 2019, and there was a column you'd written called, One Year Later, There Is Life Beyond TV. And as I read it, I I was nodding constantly. Mm -hmm. I thought, your story is universal your story uh, is typical it's painful Mm -hmm. it's personal and yet here you are in the public eye as a news anchor for 20 years Mm -hmm. in cincinnati when you have a public job you lose it in a public way take us back to that day when everything changed for you, career-wise. Yeah, so it was
0: just a regular old day, and um, my bosses called me up to their office. I thought it was about something else entirely, something silly and and just completely frivolous. And I remember on my way up, this is where it gets really weird because I had no indication that I was going to be fired that day. Um, on the way up to the office, I thought, what if I get fired? And I don't <laughs> know why that thought <laughs> popped in my head. No had reason th- had that thought ever occurred never, to you before? Not once. There had been wow. some some moving around. Sure, and it's an industry that has a sure. lot of moving and shaking, but there and so there had been some movements in that direction. But I, I mean, I, I, I never thought it would happen to me. But I had that thought, and I thought, well, if it happens, just don't cry. That was basically <laughs> how, and I didn't. It was close, but I didn't. Um, but yeah, it was a complete and total surprise. Um, but I don't know anybody who gets fired and I've talked to a lot of people who've gotten fired who were like, yep,
1: yeah, totally was expecting it. Yeah. You know, so it yeah. does come out of the blue. It does. And sometimes, um, you know, I've worked with people who've lost their jobs for probably 20-some years now. Mm-hmm. And with some of them, they'll look back and say, yeah, you know, there were these weird things that were happening mm-hmm. that in retrospect, maybe I should have seen it coming, but there are, I think the majority of people are surprised because like you said, it happens to other people. You're thinking this can't happen to me,
0: right? And yeah. and I mean, frankly, I was the only anchor on the morning show, and I thought, well, <laughs> I'm pretty safe. <laughs> right, you know, exactly. I got this. Um, but that wasn't the case, and so yeah, it was surprising. And the next 24 hours are kind of a blur. Yeah. What did you do first after I, you walked out of the office? I weirdly, I came downstairs, and somebody's like, "Hey, can you go do this story?" I'm like, "You know what? No." <laughs> no, I can't cuz they obviously had nothing, no idea what was going on. Um I called my husband, I called my best friend, I called my former co-anchor who had already been fired several months prior and then and I just it was just a blur of Talking it out, and what are we going to do, and what's our financial situation, and how are we going to pay the bills? And, I mean, it was just, you know, you go up and down the roller coaster. Sure. Mainly sure. down at that point, to yes, be perfectly honest.
1: Exactly. And the roller coaster word is one that is used a lot. You'll go from feeling like, I got this, mm-hmm. to I'm going to live in a cardboard box. yeah You know, really in about two minutes.
0: You know, and it's little things like we had just put our daughter in a private school for the first time ever and just decided we were going to pay tuition all at once the next week. Right. You know, (laughs) wait a minute. What? Like all of these silly decisions. We were talking about adding a room onto our house. Nope. We're going to wait on that. You know, all of these things. And it's like. I remember silliest things like I bought a Fitbit, um, you know, that counts yes, your steps and yes, all of that. Yes. And it was a little more expensive than the one I had had. And it was kind of a splurge. We're talking like under $200. Yes, yes. And I would bought it like two weeks prior. And I remember thinking, why did I buy that Fitbit? <laughs> yes. That's $200 I could have in my pocket. <laughs> right, right. Like, and it was like, that's not that that's not going to make or break anything. But it was those little things that you're, you know, just throw you off and... And that just kind of bring you back to the surface of, oh, here we go. What, what's yes. going to happen next?
1: Yes. And it is um, – I wrote a book called Stop Peeing on Your Shoes, Avoiding the Seven Mistakes That Screw Up Your Job Search. And one of the things I talk about in there is the first thing that we do when we get the news is we want to feel better. Mm-hmm. And so we call the people who we know love us. Uh, could be a former boss. It could be someone who's been your champion or your mentor. Mm-hmm. Because we want them to tell us that we're right and whoever made this decision is wrong. And we just start reaching out. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of cases, people do that to their detriment Mm -hmm. because we're not ready to have those conversations. And one of the things that in your column that you wrote is if someone had offered me a job, any job, in those first few weeks, I probably would have taken it, Mm -hmm. no questions asked. That's that reaction to that emotion. So what were those first couple weeks like? Well,
0: it's just like you said, you you know, you've had a paycheck your whole life. You've worked in this, you get the paycheck every two weeks, you put it in the bank, all is well. And then knowing that that's not gonna be there, you're like, wait a minute, what do I do? And, um, you know, and I also wrote in the column how this was the only thing I ever wanted to do from the time I was a little kid. And so that's another like loss of a dream. So it's not just the job, it's, oh man, is my whole career over? Should I do something completely different? And if so, I haven't even given a single thought to what that might be. So all of that kind of rolls itself into this um emotional roller coaster. We're back to that word, where you just want a job, you just want to work, you just want to do anything. It's kind of like a rebound relationship, is the way I look right, at it. Right. You know, it's right. like that next one may not be that uh lifelong relationship you really want. Um, so I'm glad that it didn't happen. Right. Um, and I did get good advice in the beginning. Uh, someone told me, you know, say say no to everything, say no to everything, and I took that. And so I did. I said no to everything, but then I said yes to everything, and I wrote about that as well. Like I took yes. every interview, every meeting, every every single thing I could possibly think, even in fields I never even considered would be probable or possible. I thought, well, what's it going to hurt? I'm meeting people, and this right. is uh, this could be a step in a different direction.
1: Yeah, and you know the the it's it's we all. So many people, um, because so many people are unhappy at work, we mm-hmm. all fantasize when we're in those spots about being able to step back, start over, have a big whiteboard, be able to create whatever you want out of it. It is so scary. Yeah. Where do you even start? And that's the problem. It
0: took me months for my brain to get clear enough to even think about things like if, like if you'd asked me, do you love your job? I'd be like, yes, it is awesome. I love it. I was waking up at 1 30 in the morning thinking this is going but but <laughs> even that was like well this is the shift I like because that I can be home for my kids and I can pick them up off the bus and I can volunteer at their schools and so if you'd asked me I would have found the positives but a couple of months out you start thinking wait wait I get to sleep in now till something crazy like five Oh, you know? wow um I you know I realized <laughs> the things that I I missed and that I really loved to do, I wasn't getting to do anymore. And so you start seeing, okay, it was what I wanted to do. I never would have left. Never. I I would still be there today had I not been fired. So I want to be very clear about that. This was not like I was thinking it through. Nope, I'd still be there and I'd be complaining because there are things about it that I look back on and I think, wow, I didn't see those. Is like you're mm-hmm. in it, you don't see the forest in for the, the trees. Soup. Yeah, sure. Yeah.
1: Well, you called it in your article the pivot. I didn't know I needed, mm-hmm. and we can't. We when we're in the stew, it's kind of like you know the 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 thing about the the um, frog in the pot of water yeah. about how the the temperature keeps yeah. getting turned up and he doesn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And I talk to people way too often who say things like. I am dying a little bit every day. Yeah. And you say, well, let's talk about how you might make a change. Well, I can't do that. No, can't do that. You need the pension. yeah, you, you can. need the stability. You need the pension. Yeah, whatever it yeah. is. Yeah. So the this my, one of my um, favorite sayings is, you know, people of an older generation were very much in the loyalty. Mm-hmm. I work so hard. How could they do this to me? And one of my favorite sayings is, your or your company wants you until the day they don't. Mm-hmm. And you have to act accordingly when it when it comes to managing your career, and so having this ripped from you mm-hmm. pretty much, uh, even though you just admitted you had these blinders on, yeah, totally. It's just as painful as you know, job loss is right up there with divorce, death yeah. of a spouse, and so the wisdom you showed really in those first few weeks to just let yourself sit back and heal, uh, or at least start to heal, despite. Maybe your very nature, to the contrary, sounds like it was instrumental in your ability to move forward.
0: I hope so. I, I and I thank you for that. You know, it's it's funny. My husband tells me I'm 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 negative, and I am. I like tend to see the the like the really. Bad yeah, I things. wouldn't have. Well, thought. I just I, I I don't know if it's like that way. I won't be disappointed. Like okay. if I can make sure okay. you know that there's just be aware of the negative possibilities that are out there. But in this case, it was it was the opposite. Like, he was the one like, okay, what are we going to do? And I'm like, it's going to be fine. Like, I had no, I just had no concern about that. That wasn't, I knew that something would come up. I would figure it out somehow down the line. I didn't know what that something would be. Um, but I did feel like that there would be something out there. And, and I don't think I saw it at the moment that, oh, this is a positive. It'll be a new start. I'll get to have the, like I said, the pivot I didn't know I needed. Which, by the way, I have to give credit to my friend Tasha Pinello, because she's the one who said that to me. And I'm like, that's exactly it. That's exactly what it is. Um, but in, I don't think I saw it like that at the beginning. I definitely see that now in retrospect.
1: Yeah. So what, what was the first thing you said yes to? It was like lunches and meetings and interviews and, and So were people and, calling you, probably yeah, worried like, about it, a you? a lot of it
0: was, you know, former uh, colleagues, whether they uh, were colleagues I worked with at the station or those that I had, had been competitors or, or colleagues at other outlets. Um, and, I mean, I, there were fans and followers and that sort of thing and just an outpouring of – Facebook messages that were just so nice and you know the the thing about what I did I was uh the morning show anchor for 15 years that is a an interesting time of day because you think about how you are in the morning you are raw you are half clothed you are uncaffeinated you are you know in your natural state and me being in their living room every day—it's a kinship. They saw me have two kids. They, you know, saw me through breast cancer. They—all of these things—and so there was a relationship there, even though I had not, obviously, never met most of them. But people have a relationship with those people who spend that very personal time with you, and so—and um, I would hear this throughout the years, and I definitely saw it in the outpouring of of uh, messages and and calls and and texts that people sent. But even those who I knew very well, um, it, you know, no one was like, oh, my goodness, what are you going to do now? It wasn't this dire. It was, you know what? There's going to be great things out there. And I think that helped in my um,
1: kind of attitude toward the whole thing. So what what were um, – you said you saw a great outpouring. What, what surprised you um, in that period right after you got the news? You know, a lot of it was um, – I didn't expect –
0: I don't want to use the word viral, but I. I what happened was uh, the media got a hold of this and started contacting me. Ah, okay. And so I'm like, well, I've got two choices. I can shut up and just slink off into the sunset, which is not my way, mm-hmm. or I can get ahead of this. And so I got ahead of it. And so I just wrote a little Facebook post. It was – it and it went crazy, it went crazy, and so that's how a lot of what this was in the Facebook post. Just uh, I think it started with this is not the way I expected it to end, but essentially, ah. I'm no longer at the station, I don't know what's next. Thank you for your years of support, and I'll let you know. Um, and so it wasn't you know negative, it wasn't boohoo, it was just hey, this is what's happening. Because again, I just needed to, I felt like I owed that to people, yes, after. Being in their living room for fifteen years, yeah. twenty total at the station, that I needed to tell my side of it because I wasn't sure what the other side was going to be. So um, that's what really kind of started the whole snowball. And from there, um, competitors, colleagues, people I have I wor- hadn't worked with for twenty years, I heard from, and it's just and, and it's a terrible situation to hear from them. But it was nice to hear how much um, they supported me in that time.
1: Yeah. So two things. Um, I think in really instructive in what you just said. Um, you know, you decided to take control of the message, mm-hmm. and we have that choice. So, when you lose your job, there's a lot of stuff that you've lost control of, and one of them is. But one of the ways to get that back is by managing the message. Mm-hmm. And so, you chose to say, "Gee, this isn't the way I thought it was going to end." You know, but but for the most part, you know, I mean, that, there's nothing there's nothing negative about that, right? But clearly, there are people who, whether they are in the public eye or not, take much more of a, I can't believe this happened after all I've done for them, mm-hmm. those blah, blah, blahs. And, and I'm not saying I wasn't thinking that. Yes. I was absolutely exactly. thinking that. Sure. It, you, you wouldn't be human if you didn't. Mm-hmm. But but how you put yourself out there and how you position yourself will either help or detract mm-hmm. From your ability to move forward because if people are like, oh, my gosh, did you read that? You know, people are not going to reach out to help you because they're like, oh, she's probably still riding the bitter train. You know, Mm -hmm. I don't really – I don't really want to hear that. But if you're positive or at least not negative at not throwing your employer under the bus, people feel – even people back at your employer can be like, well, I'm going to help her because – you know, she's not calling us a bunch of blah, blah, blahs, at least not not out in public. And so sort of that scorched earth policy never works.
0: Yeah. And and that's the thing. In any regard, it doesn't work. Uh, And at no point would that have helped me. This is a very small town in a big sense and a small industry. And so I'm certainly not going to um, put myself at any sort of detriment in um, speaking ill then or now about my former employer. Um, But I think that it's It is especially as easy as it is to fire off a tweet or throw a little Facebook Mm -hmm. message up there. It is hard sometimes for people to kind of rein that in, especially if they've grown up in this world of social media and putting everything out there. Um, And so I thought about it. I thought, should I do this? And what I kind of came to the conclusion of is that at that point is all I've got right now is social media. That's the only way I can get my message out. To anybody, to I'm, I'm not on the air anymore. I you know I don't know what right. else to do. So this is how I'm going to use it. Uh, these are the people who liked me enough to hit like on Facebook or wherever mm-hmm. it was, Twitter. And um, and th- so I thought this is my way of getting at least my side of things out.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah. So the second thing is, you know, you said all these people reaching out. They're so lovey, lovey. And I'm not looking for a name here, mm-hmm. but generally when this these things happen. People who go through this will say, "These people surprised me with their caring and their love and their communications." But there were also some people that I didn't hear from. Oh, or yeah, the, I was, and I, okay. I can I could name them for you.
0: There are like <laughs> we'll a do handful. that after we start yeah. recording. <laughs> there are a handful where I'm like, "Huh." that's that's interesting and then it's just like um if you've never been through something and then you go through it the death of a parent or the loss of uh, a child or a pregnancy or something like that and then someone else goes through it you know oh i'm reaching out to that person yes so then i do give people the benefit of the doubt and thinking okay well they've never been fired or lost a job in a weird way publicly maybe that's why they didn't reach out and I, cuz i do think that there's a lot to be learned once you've gone through sure. uh the fire uh but uh i do it 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 has surprised me more the outpouring of of support than it has those people who didn't. Yes, though they are out there.
1: Yes, <laughs> <laughs> you'll always remember them, um, and 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 you do. I mean, it, th- those moments in life, uh, it's almost like it freeze frames. You know, mm-hmm. you just you remember where you were when it happened. You remember who was there. You remember who wasn't. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's human nature. So so now that we're a year into it, yeah. Um, what What's the biggest thing you've learned about yourself in the
0: last year? You know what's interesting is, you know, when you, when you like I said, fifth grade Catherine was, you know, I want to be a TV news anchor. That's what I wanted to be. And then I was. It's awesome. I reached my goal. I didn't have the next step. So what I have realized is what that next step is. And I don't even really know what that next step is. But what I do know that it involves is people. And what I found is, you, you think of the word anchor. You are Anchored to the desk, I never left the station, and that's that's by design. You aspire to that role, so you're not out in the heat and the cold and the snow and the rain. (laughs) Well, believe me, I'm thankful for that more often than I'm not. But what I'm finding is, in in my role now with the Inquirer, I'm out every day talking to people about good stories.
1: What are you doing at the Inquirer? I'm I'm doing about your new role. I'm doing the Cincinnati Inquirer. Okay. Um,
0: My technical title is the Family Forward Reporter. Okay. Um, And what that means is, it's just I'm I'm Finding stories interesting to those in families. That could be families with young kids, older kids, uh, aging parents, whatever, whatever it is, whatever type of, maybe no kids at all, uh, whatever type of family, uh, whatever that means to you. And what that means for me on a day-to-day basis is I do a Facebook Live for them um, where I talk about some headlines and then I interview somebody. I'm usually on site somewhere, um, you know, talking to somebody about something great that's going on. And And that's all positive. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. And that's the beauty of Isn't it. Isn't that um, nice? It's oh, wonderful. This a, city has okay. so many great stories to tell. Yes. Um and you know, so often what's the what's the knock on the news that we hear all the time? Oh, it's so oh. negative. It's it's violent. It's and it can be. It can. Um, but I don't have to deal with that. And so the stories that I get to tell sometimes don't have a place necessarily in a newscast or on a website.
1: Um, but they're great people stories. And so that is on the Cincinnati Inquirer's Facebook page. That's exactly it's right. It's called Families Forward. It's the my title is Family Forward,
0: but the okay. the Facebook Live is just every day at ten, well Monday through Thursday at ten. Uh, it's uh, live every day from somewhere,
1: and you find you go out and find the stories. I do, and
0: what's interesting is now they're coming to me, which is great. Um, yeah. And you know, people are like, "Oh, you should do this, or you should do that," and. So tell us how you got this job. How'd you get it? Well, it's um, I I just happened to. This all goes back to you never know when you're on a job interview. That's what I keep telling people um, who are still uh, in the business or those in any industry looking to maybe at some point eventually do something else. I tell them every single day, every person you meet could be somebody who puts you in contact with with your next step, and that's exactly what happened this time. Michael Perry who uh, is uh, with the Cincinnati Inquirer. He was back, way back when I used to cover sports. He and I covered sports together 20 years ago. Oh, my gosh. And I knew he'd left for PR and he'd come back to uh, the Inquirer. And he called me up one day and was like, look, let's go to lunch. I want to throw some things at you and see what you think. And this is what he said. He's like, you can do a Facebook Live every day. And and I was like, wow. That's like the best of all the things that I like. I like talking, obviously. I love news. Uh, I like telling good stories. I like finding good stories, and, um, you know, meeting people. So that's that's kind of how this whole thing started. And it it has worked out well um, for the Inquirer, and it's worked out great for me, too.
1: So let's go back. The day that this happened was what? What was the day that you were let go? July 30th or third? I think it was the 31st. Okay, so, okay. My husband will know exactly who okay, okay. To to that time where he was yes. when he got the call. Yes, exactly. Let's step back one day prior. Okay. Okay? You have no idea this is coming. Yeah. Michael Perry calls you and says hey, I've got this idea. I never would have done it. Wouldn't have. Never okay. would have done it. Interesting. And I would have had the blinders on. Yep.
0: Believing, oh, that's not what I need. Like, this is what I want to do. This is the thing I want to do. Um, but, and again, this job didn't exist before I took it. Like, it, it it, didn't exist. So it's not like I could have said, you know what I want to do? This job over here. Right. No, it was not there. And so, um, and that's what uh, I tell, I taught a class for several years at UC in the e-media department. And I would tell those kids, I keep calling them kids, I would like to say students, but kids. (laughs) Uh, I would tell the students, you know, I would love to tell you what job you're going to get, but they probably don't exist. Exactly. I mean, even juniors and seniors, that probably doesn't exist. At least the one you're going to have five years from now. Right. So um, this is a great example of that. Um, And in fact, this was a lesson for them. I got fired mid-semester. So um, it was a really interesting, or right before the semester started. And um, so I talked about it in class because Mm. it's like, well, this is... Where The class was Media Issues and Ethics. This is an issue. This is a definite issue in this industry.
1: Wow. (laughs) That undoubtedly was an incredibly powerful class session because, you know, maybe they've seen that happen to their parents. But here Mm -hmm. you are. You're on TV. You've had a great career. You're in here talking. And all of a sudden, you know, it's over. Mm -hmm. And to learn that at that age is incredibly powerful.
0: You know, and, and we talked just prior to this. I do believe that that generation, um, up through the millennials even, but uh, those 20 to 40s, um, they get that a lifelong, you know, I'm going to stay in the same job forever and ever and ever. That doesn't exist. I think they're, they've they got their head on a swivel a little more
1: than the rest of us yes, do. Yes, that's a great way to yeah. put it. Yes, head on a swivel. Love that. Yes, but in general, I always say that, you know, that, that generation – they're like, we want, you know, I want my work. I want my work to matter. You know, mm-hmm. I want, yeah. you know, I want a life. And we scoff at them because they're like, Ugh, you haven't suffered enough. You know, you have to be miserable <laughs> and cry in the car on the way to work for thirty years. Yeah, I then remember let's the pep talk? About that. The pep talk
0: I would give oh. myself down this one long hallway. I'm like, I can do this today. Oh, I got yeah. this. You know? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And,
1: and th- th- I think they're right. They're absolutely you know, right. This whole concept of wait a minute, So you would graduate from college and go work for a company and try to hang on there for 30 40 years what yeah why would you do that yeah well and you know i, I your perspective changes i mean and
0: obviously when you start talking about money that makes it that's a big giant decision you have to make but now on the outside of this i would trade money for happiness oh. I, I would much rather be happy uh and I, my, you know my husband went through a similar situation 10 or so years ago he chose to leave um and go out on his own but I I saw the change in him. I saw the change from, you know, he's coming home like all nervous and kind of pent up to, hey, I get home when I want to get home. And um, I'm told that I don't know how, but I'm much nicer now. (laughs) Perhaps it's getting sleep. I don't Uh know. Uh, Isn't that funny? My husband will tell me I'm a whole lot nicer.
1: Yeah. I hear that a lot as well from clients that I didn't realize how difficult I was to live with Mm -hmm. or be around, even though my spouse probably told me. Often, you right. know, I just but they're always wrong. Right, those guys. right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. I'm just under a lot of pressure, you <laughs> know. But making that change, it is one of the most difficult things that you have to do. And and most people, there was some. It was a study done several years ago. Um, on People who had been severed from a job involuntarily, mm-hmm. that it was some. It was some number in the ninety percent of people who ended up better off and happier, and yeah. anytime you get something in the ninety yeah, percent, you got to pay attention to that. Well,
0: and and I mean, my uh, information is only anecdotal, but I know I I was shocked by in the like two weeks after I got fired, how many people, both that I did not know, that would come up to me at Target or would send me an email, or the people I actually did know that I'd known for years, who were like, yeah, you know what, I got fired like three times, like they. It had happened to so many people so frequently. It was a weird way to make me feel better, and it is kind of comforting to know, okay, this happens to everybody. And two, I I cannot tell you how many of them said, "I'm so much happier now. I'm so much happier." Not one person said, "Yep, that was the end. It never got better from there." Yeah, everybody was happier on the back end.
1: Yeah, I think what keeps people, and probably would have kept you, uh, from making a change. Let's say you got to the point where you were miserable was it was hard to know what to do next. What exactly. Would, what would you do if I don't you weren't know. an anchor? I don't know. That, and, and that was
0: the – I still don't really know. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of like feeling this whole thing out. Um, but, yeah, when you've had that inkling in your head since you were a little kid, this is what I want to do. And it – you know, I I don't know. what. It, it took me a long time to figure out what was next.
1: You were forced to figure it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So what else are you doing besides um, Inquirer and Facebook? Well,
0: um, I I just actually this week started a website with my former co-anchor, Chris Reva. It's called Let's Go Cincy. It is another way to share great stories of, we like to say, sharing the greatest things about greater Cincinnati. Um, so we're working together doing that, which has been a blast. Um, and in addition to that, I've got, you know, what has done for me, it's been so wonderful. I work part-time there, and they've allowed me to do freelance work um, for, you know, different organizations and places around town, which has been great because yeah. um, it you know helps me make a little extra money, keeps me current and yep. um, I get to like kind of dip my hands in a lot of pots. It's been it's been a lot of fun to do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's great. So. Complete the sentence. OK, I'm at my best when. Hmm. Okay, this might be a complex sentence. Okay. perhaps a run-on Compound, sentence. Yes. Okay, <laughs> okay run-on. Uh, yeah. Okay.
0: Okay. Uh, okay. I am at my best when I am sleeping seven hours. Okay. Relatively caffeinated and telling great stories.
1: So when you get up at 30, what's bedtime look
0: like? <laughs> That's the problem. I always
1: wanted to know That's that. That's
0: the problem. I was going to bed at like 10. <gasps> but bye, what? Bye, bye, bye. I would take a nap in the middle of the day. But okay. what that meant was I was constantly rushing somewhere, rushing to get home, rushing to go to sleep, rushing to get up, to get the kids off the bus. Got to go take this kid this way. And I got to make dinner. And like it just was this constant rush. And I didn't realize it. Um, and back to that Fitbit, this is interesting. So- in the two weeks after I got fired, I you you know you can see your heart rate, you can see your sleep pattern. My sleep went from like this crazy, like you're sometimes it wouldn't even register because I never got into oh. deep sleep to this like, hey, look at me, I'm sleeping like a normal person. So that was really interesting to see the physiological changes. Oh my gosh,
1: I yeah. cannot imagine my kids growing up. I was a sleep sheriff. So I'm like, sleep, get some more sleep, get some more sleep. And now, one of them actually said to me, they're in their 20s recently. You know, mom, sleep's really important. I'm like, really? Is it now? Where'd you hear that? <laughs> you know, I love it when they come back and you know, just like, proves you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We know that. The <laughs> um, typical life expectancy mm-hmm. of an American is 78.6 years. You can go ahead and do your own math in terms mm-hmm. of how many years you have left. Yeah. What do you want your most profound impact in your world to be over the next? fill-in-the-blank, number of years?
0: Well, I think that it's independent children. I'm a big, I, I, healthy and independent children. I can't really help the healthy part other than the food and the sleep. Back to this. yes, But th- the ability for them to be on their own, not just in like a career capacity. I'd love it if they ended up doing something um, for themselves because I feel like, especially in this day and age that we're in now, it's the only surefire thing, which is a really unusual thing because you control how much you work and how hard you work. Um, but just to be able to be their own people in
1: whatever capacity that is. And how old are they now?
0: Fifteen and thirteen.
1: Okay. Those almost are fun done. Days. I'm almost
0: done with them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're oh, never you done know, with no, them. No, are you're, no, you're never done. No, you aren't. Someday when you're gone and mm-hmm. people are talking about you, how do you hope they'd complete the sentence? The most important thing Catherine did in her life was. Hmm.
0: I think make me laugh. I do tend to. Even in terrible situations, like you know, stressful situations, um, that's my way of de-stressing. Is joking, but sometimes, and I remember having a conversation with a boss about this. She's like, "All people do is come over and stand at your desk and complain and laugh." And I said, "Okay,
1: but you was understand that a criticism? It was, was that sp- oh, it was I a hate criticism." That.
0: But I said, "But look, I know that's the way it looks." I said, "But when they leave, it's all out, and now they can go about their days." So you have to vent. No one goes to work and is like, I love every single thing about this. It's rainbows and puppies, you know. So you have to vent. And I know it was kind of a, probably a rather public venting because it was in the middle of our newsroom. But I, you know, she saw and she was like, oh, OK. Like it it kind of resonated. And I do think that there is something. I was a sounding board of sorts um, and hopefully they left laughing. And that's what I'd like to leave yes, people with. Yes, yes, yes.
1: There is such power in that. So when you, you know, if you could, if you could blue sky whiteboard mm-hmm. your next 10 years or so. What's
0: mm-hmm. something
1: that – is there something that you always imagined yourself doing or thought might be fun to do but never really gave yourself permission to really think about that, that, um, you know, maybe maybe it's creeping in again? Well, I, I love to write. And the weird thing – I'm a
0: word person. I'm a grammar person. But the the writing in television is very different. It's very short and succinct and everything is short, 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 next thing. Um and i realized in working with the inquirer now that i really do like to write i really like it and i think that i've i'm rusty at it cuz it's been a while since you've written in a style or since i've written in a style that's digital and print friendly um but yeah that's what i i love to do and that's what i'd like to do more of
1: a book a blog an article i don't know, you know. i
0: think that you know this website's going to maybe uh, be yeah. that be part of that but um yeah i mean who knows i don't know that i've got enough information up in my head to do a book but i'd love to I think that's part of the process is fleshing all that out. you ha- That's the thing. Like, I feel about that the same way I felt right after getting fired. It's like, well, I've never thought about it. Well, I don't know what to think about it. And it takes a while for at least my brain to process all that information and figure out, well, is there something there? What else is there? And what will my story be?
1: Yes. Yes. Well, it's still being written. Yeah. Are you ready to play two questions, one deep and one shallow? Yes. All right. Absolutely. All right. You're standing in front of a group of 22-year-olds who say to you, I want my work life to matter. What advice do you give them? Hmm, I want my work life to matter.
0: I would say find a job you love regardless of salary. I think that too often, especially with student loan debt, kids graduate and they're like, well, I got $100,000 in student loan debt. I got to get a job right now. And it's got to pay X number of dollars. Um, I've never known anybody who has loved a job because of the money and then the rest of it fall into place. Um, Hopefully you find a job where there's a little of both and maybe a lot of the liking the job and hopefully the money's there as well. Uh, But I think that going back to just what we said before about happiness being more important than money, you still have to have money. Listen, I, I understand that completely. But it's
1: amazing how much more happy you can be with a little less money And a little less stress. Yes. We convince ourselves we need a lot more than we do. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah, that takes us down the wrong path. All right. Are you ready to play? Two questions, one deep and one shallow? Absolutely. Let's go shallow first. Okay. All right. My favorite. What's the most embarrassing thing you've ever worn? That I've ever worn. It's Mm -hmm. funny. I saw two of them on the way in here. Fanny packs. Now
0: they're back. So I guess (laughs) it's not. They're not so embarrassing. But yeah. Fanny packs. Like yeah. That's when you're getting old. When
1: stuff comes like back around. Uh, Yeah. And especially when it's coming back a second time.
0: That's dangerous. That's dangerous. On the air though. I did have a really bad short haircut
1: for a super long time. <laughs> a long time. And no one ever told you. What was it was probably it in, was style kind of in then? then. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I'm yeah. gonna tell myself that anyway. Yeah. I just <laughs> you know, I remember back in the early eighties when I started in the job market or in the workforce, the floppy bow ties.
0: Oh, yeah. You know? I remember the floppy yeah, bow tie. When it was like,
1: let, let me look like a man, except it's gonna be a skirt instead of pants and a floppy bow tie <laughs> and instead of a straight of down pads. one. Lots of shoulder pads. Bad, bad, bad. All right, deep. What's it mean to have a good life? Uh, Well, I think
0: now my answer is that, you know, work-home-life balance um, and really leaning more toward home life than anything. And maybe it's because my kids are of a certain age. You have eighth grade and tenth grade. We're in a transition time, and they're both girls. Um, So that's part of it. But, I, you know, I don't know that I would have ever said, well, it's money. Absolutely. I don't think that ever would have been my answer. But now it is much more that pendulum has swung completely to being happy at home. and that goes with a relationship with your significant other, your kids, your extended family, your friends, your your neighbors, whatever
1: it might be. Yes, thank you. Well, thank you for sharing your story. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank I you for having me. I think that it's um going to be very helpful for people to see um that everybody we see walking down the street is dealing with something. And this is yeah. one of those things that some of the most the brightest, most talented, most successful people have dealt with. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with how capable you are or what your potential is, what your possibilities are. It's just a human experience that we all go through. Yeah. And thank you for sharing your journey. I think it's going to help some other people get, I hope get so. through theirs.
0: I hope so. This first two weeks are rough, like you said.
1: Yes. But hopefully you'll listen yes. to this on
0: like week three and then you'll, you know, it's smooth right. sailing after that. Yeah. <laughs> and you can't, you know,
1: the, those first couple bad weeks, you got to go through them. Yeah. You can't go around it's them. like anything else. Yes, it Absolutely. is. It you is. don't know
0: how good it can get. Until you know how bad it is,
1: right? And and it's I always say, you know, that you, you don't want to do anything stupid in those first two weeks, like um, you know, stop your old boss, <laughs> take a bad job. You know, there's all kinds of ways for it to go south, yeah. and uh, just just pulling yourself back and taking taking the time to sit back and breathe is the mm-hmm. kindest thing you can do for yourself. And it's also it's also um, extremely helpful in helping you prepare for what's next because there is a what's next.
0: There's always a what's next. Yes,
1: thank you, thank you. If you enjoyed meeting the Evolved Careerist on today's episode, well, we've got a lot more lined up for you. Subscribe, tell your friends, rate us and write a review. And of course, follow us on social media. But if you're interested in learning more about how you can evolve your career, you can contact us through theevolvedcareer.com or thebaukegroup.com. And that's B-A-U-K-E. Do you know somebody who'd be a great guest who has a great career story to tell? Or do you think you qualify? Then email me. My email address is in the podcast description. Until next time, here's to your career happiness.